0: Neuroawesome, the podcast. My name is Kate and I'm your host. Sit back, relax and enjoy the first episode. Parenting children with special needs can be desperately lonely so I'm spreading the word that you're not alone and creating awareness of children with invisible needs, standing for compassion and acceptance rather than judgment. So my first episode is going to be just a bit of a background about me really and my journey and how um, my adventures with ADHD have um, sort of evolved. So my journey started, I had my eight-year-old in 2013 and he was my first child. I had IVF to have him so he was super, super special when he arrived and I was just obsessed, going to baby classes every day and spending my whole time with him and it was amazing, really amazing. Then we hit the age of two and he was a very active toddler with lots of energy and, for example, he was with lots of children of the same age. If we went around to somebody's house, he would be the one trying to climb up the TV, um, climb get to the back of the wires, trying to do everything everything he could to knock it over. He would be that child. And then when he we got to about when he was two and a half, I was pregnant with my second child. I was called into nursery a lot with him pushing the children. It was things like pushing them down the slide and one occasionally bit another child's nose. Um, this went on and on and on and it was a few times a week that I was being told about all these different things that were happening and he was becoming more challenging to take out to places for example we were at an ice cream place and he just randomly walked up to a boy and pushed him for no reason no obvious reason he just had an ice cream to, to me at the time I didn't think there was a reason and we went to a birthday party. He had a fantastic time. He was, he was loving life, having a great time. And at the end, um, when he went over to say goodbye to the little boy, pushed him over, just pushed him to the floor. So as a parent, obviously that's mortifying. You think, what am I doing wrong? This my first child. I teach one year olds. Taught one year olds for over twelve years. I, th- I thought I can teach a class of. Um, and year one children um year two nursery reception class of thirty two children like what why can't I parent my one child? what am I doing wrong so that was the journey, and then I did go to the g p and explain all these things um with with the physical behaviour um, and the issues that I was having and at the time they said he was too young to do any kind of assessments but I knew at that point I knew that I'd look back and think ah there was something there was something and he'd look back and think yes I, I knew there was something and I'd be able to pinpoint what it was but at that stage I was completely oblivious that um, he had or has ADHD and ASD so that has been a wild adventure, he's eight now, so uh, that has been an adventure, and still is, but looking back, yeah, there was was lots of sensory needs going on, and boredom was setting in, certainly when he was at four mornings a week at preschool, and a very small preschool, that was a big factor, and I think, like, I knew deep down that that's what it was, but uh, Everything that I ignored, that gut instinct, which I don't try not to do anymore, but at the time you, you try and just do the best. Obviously, I was called into the the nursery office as well because of his behaviour when he was two years old. Two years old, and many times I thought I'd love to write a letter to them and just say, please be aware, ask why are these behaviours happening. What, why are these children displaying these behaviours? Rather than being so quick to to call parents into the office and and give them a telling off, rather than sort of trying to help families and and find out what exactly is going on. So as these things started to escalate, I couldn't even blame the fact that I was I'd had a second child because I was pregnant at the time when things started to sort of become more obvious with him i hadn't had the baby yet so i couldn't say oh it's just jealousy with another sibling that, that wasn't the case because he hadn't arrived yet and then when um my second child came along he he has a uh, he has asd he's diagnosed with autism in 2020 during the pandemic um and he has language delay so a lot of the attention in when he was younger was and a little bit now was on him so of course my eight-year-old um was sort of left to get on to with things to an extent um and then um my third child came along he's now three so there was a lot going on um and sort of things were going on in the in the background um and he was my eight-year-old was finding school quite tricky um not not coping well with the unstructured settings uh being in um reception um finding that quite hard so and then it all came to a head in year two as soon as he hit year two we'd had a lot of A lot of things going on with the lockdown, being at home, that just proved almost impossible to homeschool. He was not interested. He'd get really distressed, really angry at having to sit and watch these really, which were really, really dull videos of somebody explaining a maths problem and things like that. It just wasn't happening. It was just awful for all of us. Not a good time. And also at the same time, um, I got divorced. So for a long time, I just blamed the divorce and thought that that's something that's really unsettled him. I've got to ride with it, help him as much as he can. He's acting out and that's what all this behaviour is um, sort of stemming from. And it wasn't until a year after the divorce that I thought, hang on, actually, there's more going on here i think i suggested to his teacher do you think he has traits of adhd and straight away she said yes and the diagnosis happened very quickly which was fantastic um so yeah once we got the diagnosis it was easier to understand that was the biggest break for understanding why all these behaviours were going on and for the first time knowing that okay, I'm not a complete failure. I've now got to change, change gear and change the way I do things and that's a lot of the things a lot to do with the things I want to talk about on the podcast because the average style of parenting in in various situations just doesn't work and it's using these different ideas and tactics and often they are very weird and wonderful to help children with ADHD and those things that other parents don't understand and do think you're a little bit strange and you do get judged Um, but that these are the things that help children with ADHD whose brains are wired differently they think differently they have different strengths and find different things more challenging to to the average neurotypical child in school so that's really what my podcast is on So it's been a journey getting to this point where I'm actually recording. Um, But and for a long time, I felt like an imposter. Like, who am I to sit here and talk about ADHD? Well, I've taught a fair few children with ADHD in my classes over my 12 years teaching career. So I have had lots of experience with children um, in an educational setting and now my own children at home. And it's something that I cannot... um, Escape, not that I'd want to escape, but I cannot get away from it. I live it day to day, minute to minute, hour to hour. It is my life, um, ADHD and ASD. So, um, yeah, it's just he's talking about it, sharing these things with other parents. And I know from listening to and uh, reading forums and things on Facebook that there are so many parents out there who are going through the same things, similar things. Um, and issues that I come across um, so I'm not claiming to be an expert by any means but I am just sharing my things and it is lonely being a parent having a, um, a child with special needs and being a single parent as well on top of that um, makes it more difficult to, to to talk about these kind of things with people that understand so yeah the the joy of having my 5 year old uh, climb to the top of a like a climbing tower at a climbing party the absolute elation for me and for him um of being able to to do that um and be really really good at that, that because a lot of the everyday things he finds challenging. So, this, this, all children are different. You got, I'm not stereotyping them as one, but. Is it, children with ADHD tend to be so creative, so strong-willed, which is so advantageous in the in the adult world. All these traits are going to be so fantastic, so helpful in getting them to where they want to be and being successful in what they want to do. Their, hy- their hyper-focus on things they're interested in is going to be such a huge advantage and um, that other people do not have. But... Unfortunately, at school, a lot of their traits make life very difficult for them. Incredibly difficult. And ch- children with ADHD spend um, 80-90% time... <sighs> On average, a child with ADHD has 80-90% of their day, they've been told, don't do that, please don't do that can you do this instead? No, you shouldn't be doing that. They are being criticised or told they're not doing something right. There's a lot of negativity. So that's obviously going to have such a huge impact on self-esteem, anxiety, on their mental health, an enormous impact. So that's, that's what I'd like to talk about as well as we go. And... For us at the moment, anxiety is a huge thing. My eight year old gets incredibly hyperactive going into school, and I mean, we have to walk like 10 meters from the car to the school gate, and just that small distance is it can be absolute hell some days. I the amount of times I just come away from the school drop off just. In tears because it's so awful, because he's shouting, screaming, running into other parents coming the way. He's just completely oblivious to other people, swinging his water bottle around, that's knocking into everyone. I'm, I'm asking him not to. He's saying he's not bothered, um, knocking his brothers over in just in pure excitement and and just overwhelm. Um, he's swinging around lamp posts um he just goes nuts, basically. And it wasn't until I sat down and had a real conversation with, my, with the occupational therapist that saw him recently. And she pointed out that actually that's his fight or flight. The anxiety of going into school, someone, not every morning, is triggering his fight or flight and that is manifesting his hyperactivity. So that is causing all that. So that was interesting for me to sort of start to understand, Okay, why are you going absolutely nuts on this small journey into school? And that's some of the days. Just recently, with the end of term happening and transitions in classes, meeting new teachers and having sports day and the routine going out the window at school, he's found it so hard. And we've had, instead of the hyperactivity, we've had... A lot of tears. We've had anger. Kicking the car. um, Yeah, refusing to go into school. And quite often that he's fine. And then the smallest thing will happen. Like, the, on a normal day, in normal circumstances wouldn't bother him. But because the, he's so overwhelmed with the change of routine and everything going on and the tiredness of the end of, of the year he just flips a switch and we have a meltdown or just becomes incredibly distressed and that can be like a boy telling him he can't go on the swing. Normally that wouldn't bother him in the slightest. He more than puts up a fight for himself and argues his own corner but with everything going on the minute, nope, that was it, nope, and won't go to the park ever since. Um, And we had refusal going to school... Um, So that was a tricky one. Um, For that, um, I allowed him to have the time and space that he needed to feel those feelings. I took my other two into school and let him stay in the car. Um, Obviously, made sure he was safe um, and had that time just just to process his feelings and feel calm. Um, I found in that situation, validating his feelings. You're obviously feeling really angry. Because the boy wouldn't let you on the swing. You're upset because you don't want to go to school. You're not enjoying school at the minute. So you are feeling a lot of feelings. Um, and relating to his feelings as well. So that he he realises that these are normal feelings. He's not weird. Um, uh, it's the same things like, I, I would feel really angry as well. If somebody wouldn't let me do something that I really wanted to um you're just relating to them so that they they don't feel that they are abnormal Uh, it's perfectly normal to be anxious and and worried and upset about these things um so for us on that particular day i took him to the shops as a distraction i said come we'll go and choose a snack and a drink you can take to school that worked as a distraction and the movement in walking helped regulate his emotions movement is fantastic sometimes can't 100 percent guarantee that it works every time but movement is brilliant for just 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 helping him to to calm down and regulating and then after having that time being able to think okay i'm able to to think straight because you've got to think these when you are that worked up and in that state of distress you are not thinking rationally you're not using the part of the brain where you are rational you need to calm down before you can think straight and and make rational decisions so it's all about timing so that's a little um a bit about me and my family um, I want to come on here and be very open and honest. It's an outlet for me as well, selfishly. <laughs> it's great to be able to talk about these things and and think about them out loud as well for me. But yeah, to be just very honest, not to come on here and moan, but be honest when I've had a bad day and bad things have happened and share those life lessons and, and wins when things do go well and things do work out. Um, and I do have managed to come up with some little hacks Um, so yeah and in a nutshell the best thing I've sort of figured out um, so far um, is relationship and connection is absolutely key above everything else it's so easy to take things personally when your child is acting out um Being verbally abusive, just being very irritable and very difficult. It's so easy to take it personally and blame yourself, but that it doesn't help anybody. Ends in tears. Ask escalates things if you push back, and try and put your foot down, and you end up in a power struggle. It's it's not helpful, um, and that's by no means saying let your child rule the house. Um, and set the rules not at all but it's about picking your battles and putting connection over everything over homework to an extent it's not worth the the battles and the, the upset and being on time for things your connection is so so important and that's what's going to to ultimately improve things and make things easier for the whole family. Um, there's always a reason behind your child's actions and words and behaviour. It's your job to be the detective and ask the question why. And figure out why um, they're, they're, they're behaving this way and, and and acting out this way. And being understanding. They, they have... No, it's not okay for them to to speak to you in a rude tone or just be disrespectful. But in the long term, it's a lot easier to say, oh, whoa, okay, I can see that you're feeling really angry right now. If you'd like to come and talk about it with me, if you want to um, take five minutes and then we'll have a chat, that is going to create connection and and far more positively than ending up in an argument and this vicious cycle of of power struggles and and emotional fireworks um yeah so that brings us to the end of the first episode i hope i haven't rambled too much i've just given you a little bit of a um sort of an insight into to me and and what what i want to talk about really obviously i'll go into things in more detail in future podcasts and explore different areas of adhd and 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 various um life all things adhd so thank you so much for listening to my very first podcast and i hope you join me again for my next episode in the future see you then goodbye